coach. Chris, how's it going, man? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, just uh, put Luke down to sleep. I uh, thought it was going to be a little bit easier tonight. It was not. My plan backfired. Um, so he's really into Tigers, and I thought I'd show him the Calvin and Hobbes book I have, and he wasn't having it. He's all about Daniel Tiger, or mm. uh, we've got we've got another book with Tigers in it, and he's all about that. So that back, backfired on me. Corey, how's it going? Great to have you. Jay, I'm doing all right outside of just watching uh, my Tennessee balls just get absolutely boat raced by Florida. So I heard about that. What what did what the score end up being? Uh, a lot to a little. It's a, a uh, I would I would put it this way. Right now, it's a fecal storm in Knoxville where their football team and the way their basketball team did perform. So I'm a Tennessee fan, and uh, it's it's tough times right now. What have you heard about the football situation? I heard about the McDonald's grab bags today. Has that been yeah. confirmed? Has that, has that been confirmed, or was that just somebody uh, spouting off? Ah, uh, who knows about that? Wouldn't surprise me, but I'm guessing that stuff happens at every university. We just uh, are bad at hiding it. So, <laughs> well, as a U of L fan, I can't say <laughs> that's uh, you know, I when every time one of these scandals comes out, I'm like, okay, now y'all bust out. Please bust out the stuff about the prostitutes or whatever, yeah. so, so that we don't feel as bad. Please, please, please. Oh, it's just McDonald's bags. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Gosh, you know. So, well, uh, we've got uh, Corey Johnson uh, from Mockingbird Valley uh, on with us tonight. Uh, Corey, what's your official title at Mockingbird? I don't want to botch it, so why don't you go ahead and tell us? Um, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades, but on paper, That's I'm true. executive director. So. Okay, executive director up at Mockingbird, kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He he does it all. I've been up there before, Chris. Corey does it all up there. He's uh, been up there cleaning up the fields uh, in the facility. He's uh, he's just all over the place. So um, that's awesome. He puts in a lot of hours up there. Corey, Chris is the manager up at Spalding for their um, uh, for their team with uh, Coach Boyer and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh... We have a couple coaches that work with him. Had nothing but good things to say about him. So kudos to Chris. Well, how about that, Chris? <laughs> yeah, that's great. And what a, what a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Corey, we're uh, we're probably going to go about forty five fifty minutes tonight. Um, so, why don't you give us a little bit a uh, little bit of your background? Tell us all a uh, little bit of your story. And, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll go from there. Well, like I said, um, I'm from East Tennessee, uh, Morristown, Tennessee, which is about uh, 30 minutes outside of Knoxville. I grew up there. I um, uh, started playing soccer when I was maybe six years old in, in AYSO rec league there. I um, was on the first ever competitive team, and obviously competitive soccer wasn't around that uh, much, and especially in East Tennessee, which obviously is a football hotbed. Um, but started on uh, the first competitive soccer team there at U13, so obviously quite behind what the kids are starting with these days. Um, went on um, to play high school at Morristown West High School for – I only made it two and a half years. I, I broke my arm my freshman year and halfway through my sophomore year, um, and you couldn't play with a cast back then. So I uh, played two and a half years for, for, for Morristown West and then uh, was fortunate enough to receive a scholarship to uh, Georgetown College up, up here in outside of Lexington. Um, went on to be a team captain, uh, four-year starter there. Uh, uh, got all conference honors. Was I can proudly say I'm one of the only 
American-born uh, citizens that made the all-conference team. If you know anything about that conference with Lindsey Wilson and a lot uh-huh. of the folks, it's uh, it's a hotbed. So uh, it was that's a that's a that was a big honor to get all-conference with them. Um, uh, and then I went to after graduating Georgetown. My main goal was to get back and coach my high school team, and uh, that's something. Unfortunately, a lot of us know what it's like having maybe just a math teacher that doesn't know anything about the game that uh, is your, your high school coach. And that's that's what I had a great person, but had no soccer background. And I made it a goal that I wanted to go back and give that community uh, some good coaching. So I probably I don't know, I don't keep up with it anymore, but I probably was the youngest coach uh, ever at the high school level at age 21 coaching uh, a high school team. Um, I went on there to, to coach from 2000 to 2003. Uh, interesting thing with that, it's it, you would never think about doing this year, but uh, I was the heads uh, the, in, in Tennessee. They do soccer high school in the fall and the or in the uh, yes in in the spring and the the girls right. play in the fall because of getting on those football fields is very tough uh, and you, you're not able to do them both, but. Um, we, uh, I coached uh, high school at uh, for the boys at uh, Morristown West, and our, our rival was Jefferson County High School, and I coached the girls there. So uh, within the same, that'd be like coaching at uh, Trinity for one and and, and uh, St. X for the other. So I was coaching two high school teams at, at our, our rivals, um, one with the girls, one with the boys, did that for uh, wow for three years, yeah. And uh, um then I just, uh, when I got done with that, um, I went on, got married, moved to, to my wife moved down to, to Knoxville with us. And uh, and then she wanted to get her master's. So we uh, brought me back to, to Louisville and she went to get her MBA at UofL. And uh, I started working at the Oldham County uh, YMCA Indoor Arena for from about 2003 to 2015 as their director. Um, and then was fortunate okay. to get contacted from Mockingbird to, to come over. It was a big jump. And then just as of a year or two ago, I was promoted to the executive director there. So okay. that's my okay. story. Um, and, and you know, what's, what's interesting about that, Jay, and I was going to kind of, uh, guide into this with you because you, you remind me yeah. a lot of this, but, uh, my wife introduced me to a great book called Grit. Uh, it's by Angela Duckworth, and it's about the the power and uh, passion, uh, the power of passion and perseverance. And I, I didn't get to where I am today because uh, of, of grades or talent or right. anything. Um, and the whole idea of this book is uh, it says the you know, secret to talent is uh, outstanding achievement. It's outstanding achievement. It's not talent. It's a, it's a special blend of passion and persistence, which she calls grit and um, it's something that I, I kind of wouldn't, knowing that you're a U of L fan, it, it, it kind of falls straight <laughs> in line to what I think that the issue is with Kentucky basketball. It's all about talent there, but a lot of these yeah. people, the most successful people in this world, when you read this book, aren't the ones that have talent. It's the ones that have that passion and persistence and, and dig in and grind and, uh, it talks about in this book about the cadets at West Point and what they have to go through. And anybody that's been through that, that's wow. That's quite a thing that those guys go through. Talks about teachers working in some of the toughest uh, school districts. So it's a really neat book and I, I'd highly recommend people uh, look into it. And it's something with grit, like it's something I'm not sure that can be taught. And uh, it's, I think as coaches, a lot of times you get kids that have it and just naturally have it. And then you try to bring it out of some kids 
right. and it, it's difficult. So um, in saying that, I, I didn't get to where I am today because of, like I said, grades are doing it. it was because I did things with a with a passion and I and hard work and. And I think everyone that I'm involved with uh, sees this. And this is from the players, the coaches, the parents, uh, the, the two-year-old classes I teach every Tuesday and Thursday at Mockingbird. These are things I do with a passion. And, uh, right. and I hope that it's contagious for, for our coaches and, and the people involved. So um, in, in saying all this, I, it's none of you, you know just as well as I, none of this is possible unless you have a good support system. And I've got an amazing wife uh, who is – Anybody that's a coach's wife is, is obviously going to deal with uh, long hours and everything. So she she's doing all this during a pandemic, still working her full time job doing NTI. And, uh, so, you know, I'm working 60 hours a week. She's uh, so I, I'm nothing without her in this situation. So all the, the wives out there, coaches kind of know exactly what, what, I, what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, uh, my wife, uh, uh yeah, she could probably concur with that. Absolutely. So, uh, when you hey, when you went went back home to uh, to Morristown, um, uh, and you were twenty one, was it? How was everybody was pretty familiar, everybody at the school was pretty familiar with you, right? Yeah, and what what, what I did, I made it a goal as I came back my freshman year. I started just and I went door to door to to people trying to do a camp, kind of in a lot of stuff you're doing, Jay. You remind me, you remind me a lot wow. of myself here. I started out with uh, 10 kids in my freshman year and uh, sophomore year. It went to 20 or 30. By the time I was a senior, I had 100 kids uh, paying 100 bucks in the, uh, for the, the camp. And so here I'm walking away as a, a senior in, in, in college with, you know, making a lot of money at $10,000 there. And when we, it was, it was like, Holy cow, I, I, this is something I want I want my life to, to be about doing something I love, but you have a chance to actually do it and, and make money. So, um, yeah, but that that story is something that I, I think I, I wish I could share it with more people, and that's why I'm glad to get on here. Like like I said, that's that's yeah. uh, I struggled with with grades at school, and and I was a horrible test taker. Uh, but what I'll tell you is, yeah. as a as a player, all three or two and a half years of high school, I was given the the hundred percent award and under whatever you call it, the hundred and ten percent award, and all four years at college, I, I got it. And uh, that that working hard mentality and grit and digging in and perseverance is something that I really hope that people see with me. And, you know, I can help teach to these kids. It's interesting because I did all this, Jay, and you've probably seen kids like myself out there. This I was 120 pounds out of high school and played at college mm-hmm. at 125 pounds. I remember one of the things that, uh, that urinated me off more than, can I say that? Um, uh, Go for um, it. <laughs> more than anything was when going on some of these college visits and back then you didn't have videotapes or anything. So I would go and the yeah. coaches would look at me and say, uh, yeah, uh, you might want to consider walking on. I, I remember going to UNC Charlotte. Uh, the coach would, was ranting and raving trying to get me there. And as soon as I stepped on campus, he's, the very first words were, you're too small. And uh, that's something uh, my whole senior year to prepping uh, to play that year I ran five miles every morning, got up at five in the morning before school, went to a specific yeah. spot. And I remember this to this day and spelled out the words every day with a rock. You're too small. And I wrote it on my shin guard yeah. and that you're too small. I, I'm a, the kind of person that loves being told you can't do something. Um, and I'm a, yeah. I'm a PE major, Jay. And now I'm running the, the uh, I, uh, 
probably what I consider the epicenter of soccer in the 16th largest city in the United States. And here I am a PE major where my first job was a kindergarten teacher. So I think yeah. it's, there's a lot of stuff here. I'd love to be able to share with and, and on here and even more moving forward about how I got to where I am. And it wasn't by who I knew or, 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 or because I was smarter or better than somebody. It was, it was hard work. So. You, you got after it. I think, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've told, I've told my, um, you know, when I was 21, I just started going, I went to Warren East down in Bowling Green. I just started going to a couple of their games. And finally the last game of the season, I started talking to the parents and asked about the coaching situation and that they kind of guided me from there. And I don't know if they took me seriously or not. Um, but Hey, well, uh, I got to ask this. Did anybody ever mistake you for a player? <laughs> no, I don't think they mistook me. Yeah, they probably could have, but uh, I think I had my visor on and my khakis on and, and, uh, and so okay. it was pretty clear that I was coach, but that was, uh, I, those are years I, I you know, were invaluable to where they got me where I am today. So. Good, good. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's important. And I really wish, in, you know, almost instead of one of the problems I feel like we have in JCPS right now, and Chris, you may agree with this based on, you know, your observations, is that we do have a lot of a lot of schools, a lot of the public schools, especially, you know, they'll throw a first year teacher out there that doesn't know that much about soccer. They'll throw, like you said, the math teacher out there that, you know, while they're, you know, responsible people and They'll make sure the kids get home safe, but you know they don't know the difference between a three-five-two and a four-five-one, and um, that's um, so. I would almost encourage more younger younger players that do have a background in playing um, to come out and you know. And we're seeing it right now at Fairdale with Nolan Cook, uh, Chris. We've got uh, what's his, oh I'm drawing a blank over at Southern uh, what's Tesla his name? Jacob Jacob Tesla. There you go. These kids are twenty-two. Yeah, 22, should be 22 this year, or 23, two, 22 yeah, or 23 this year. So we need more – I think we need more kids like that and everything to come out and, um, and uh, you know, do like, you know, yeah, like Corey did and like I did. And um, I think that would help our scene yeah, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I know you, you could probably remember this, Jake, too, and you talking about it. I know Jacob Teasley's worked for me and stuff. Great kid, and that's somebody you want your, your, your kids to be around. I look back, though, and that was 20 years ago thinking man was I a bad coach and what I and the amount of things that I right. feel like if I could go back and change you know I've learned so much and and, and those guys are, are probably well ahead where I was at that time so oh absolutely I've said repeatedly that uh Nolan the guy that replaced me at Fairdale he played for me and everything but um he handled last fall way better than I could have now at 36 <laughs> right and just from a patient's perspective and everything. And, and I kind of had a feeling that he would be the right one in that position because of his level of patience is probably better than mine is. And not only that, but um, uh, when I was 21, I wouldn't have had a prayer of, of pulling off what he pulled off this year. The kid won a district champ, guy won a district championship this year through a pandemic uh, with all the, are we playing? Are we not playing? I never could have pulled that off when I was 21. So yeah, I look back and I see I see that same thing. So um, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, uh, why don't you uh, give us uh, kind of what's the? How would you? I don't know. Uh, maybe describe what you're seeing right now with the club scene in 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 Jefferson County in Louisville or in the Louisville area. What are the trends we're seeing right now? What you know? What's 
what do you see on the horizon, I guess? Well, I think obviously this year uh, with, with the addition of Little City, there's, there's a change in the uh, community and everything. And I think it's, right. I think it'd be important. I think without, uh, and I don't want to put Chris on the spot here, but I've always, uh, I, I'm a guy that likes to listen before I speak. I would love to know Chris's thoughts on that. And specifically, he's, I know he follows it uh, more than ever. I'm obviously uh, bought into to all what we are doing, but I'd love to, to, to hear from Chris or obviously Jay, you're with us. So uh, what Chris's uh, thoughts are on that and where, where he thinks uh, Mockingbird falls into the picture of the little scene. So and then I'll, I'll share with you a little bit more about our stuff. Uh, okay. So you just, we just made an, uh, you know, how it is the club in general in the city with, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, I could sh- share with you guys right now and say, you know, that's uh, what the strengths and, and weaknesses of, of every club in town. But uh, obviously, when I get on here, and I'll share it with you here in a minute, uh, what what makes us a special place to play. Um, but I think it's good to hear uh, from from Chris and other people on here. I, unfortunately, I'm in my my own uh, uh, cocoon here, and all I hear is uh, from our people. So I think it's good to, to hear. So what Chris can tell us a little bit more of, obviously I, I know what's going on in the soccer community and share, but I, I think it'd be a, a good uh, uh, information to hear what, what Chris thinks of, or he's heard about Mockingbird Valley Premier. Obviously it's a name change from KFJ, but uh, right. anything you can share, I think would be informative to help here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, my main area is high school because that's just what I start out with, but um as far as the club goes, I, I would definitely think Mockingbird's up there. I mean, I know tons of players that, that play there and coaches. Uh, you know, Lee Smith is one. Um, Great guy. And you all do very well with uh, <laughs> advertising and just promoting. Um, and I really loved how you all – I believe you all were the ones that, that put on that tournament a few weeks back uh, with the other clubs. I, I thought that was a great thing to do and just, you know, a sign of working together instead of – you know, arguing and competing with one, one another. Um, I just, I think that everything you all do is fantastic. Um, I appreciate that. And, yeah. and that kind of, I guess, is what I'll steer into here a little bit, Jay and Chris, on this. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, the shakeup here in town and, and everything that happened with our club and everything, it could have been easy. And this is kind of goes into the grit factor. To you know, I was maybe talked to and, and, from a few people saying maybe we should just drop the KFJ name and get out of the uh, select soccer business and just go with what we we do best at, which is the recreational program. And I, I bought in and I said, absolutely not. We've, we've, we've got something here that's special. We've got great people. We've got, uh, and you just mentioned Lee and we obviously Jay, but uh, we've got great leadership at the top. Um, and, and let me say first that, that, uh, the Louisville, I am all for bringing together the best kids to play at one place. Uh, the things have been hand, handled a little bit differently, absolutely. Um, but I think I, I will say that I am all for trying to bring in the best talent to play together. Now, in saying that, what another thing that that bothers me with a lot of this, uh, with the soccer community here, it's you guys know the numbers probably about uh, – what is it, 5% of high school kids play soccer, college soccer. I think 1% one, right. 1% yeah. of those college kids ever make the pros, and I think it's something like 0.05% of high school kids ever play in the pros. And so 
I think the idea of these pathways to the pros, while it all sounds so great, our job and what we, we, I constantly am getting emails and people praising our coaches and it's people like Jay. And the idea is our job, while yes, we want to make them better soccer players and yes, we want to, to, to have amazing practices and then these games go really well. Our jobs is to make these these young men and, and, and girls better husbands and better uh, wives and better fathers and better mothers. And uh, that is something all of them are probably going to be one day. And I think we get caught up at this community saying, got to get to the pros, got to do all this, when, when the reality is it's such – and I'm all for dreams. and I want every kid to dream big, but we spend our time at Mockingbird uh, – and really want special people there that are going to make these kids into to better future husbands and wives and mothers and fathers. So I, I just pulled up while we're sitting here an email I got from somebody just yesterday. It said, uh, I'm sure you get these rants all the time, but I wanted to drop a note. We're there. Yeah. Okay, Corey, yeah. did we lose you? It says he's connected. Can you hear me? No, yeah, we can hear you now. So okay, anyway, did you hear yeah. that? What yeah. I was talking about with that. Uh, bottom line is we've got, no, we've got great yeah. people of character at Mockingbird. And, and I think our focus, while yes, we want to teach the game of soccer, you'll see that it's much more. And, and with somebody like Jay, this is a huge, and I'm, I'm going to sing Jay's praises here for a little bit because we all know Jay wasn't coaching at, at the hotbeds of, of Louisville soccer, and he he knows what it means to have that grit that I talked about. So, um, and that's right. something. One thing I think right. I struggle with, and you guys can both probably agree on this. We we Jay's going to kind of talk about this here in a little bit, I think, but uh, we're mostly an East End type of uh, club, and we're trying to expand and get out more. But the one thing I did notice uh, that, that I think we really have to, to address is the grit factor of our club and talking with all our coaches is, is not very high. And Jay will tell you he's got guys that played for him at Fairdale that would run through a brick wall. A lot of our guys in our clubs right. I don't think have ever had to really work. Now, there are some, don't, don't get me wrong, but a lot of our kids in our club uh, haven't been pushed and pressed and had to, to work for a lot of the things that they get in. That's something I really want our kids to understand is that to get to, to where we want to be, you're going to have to have that grit factor that uh, that Jay's kids at Fairdale have. And that's something that with your team having success this year, Jay, if you're, if you're 08 boys, I think it's a direct correlation to, to, to you bringing that out yeah. of them. So kudos to you. Yeah, that's, that's spot on there. Totally yeah. Uh, hey, Chris, let me ask you what, uh, real quick. Um when you so when you were over at Butler and managing over at Butler, Chris, what clubs did the boys talk about the most? Um, you know, did you you know on the bus or anything? What what where what was the general consensus? Did you have a lot of kids uh, playing for Mockingbird? Was it United, LSA, or at the time I guess it would have been KFJ instead of Mockingbird? Um, what 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 clubs did you hear about the uh, most? Yeah, I mean. It was a mixture of all those. Uh, KFJ at the time, that was a big one, um, which is now Mockingbird and LSA, uh, United, and I'm sure there's a few others, but uh, 
Derby City Rovers. That that was a big one for okay. Butler. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe right. Ago. Um, but yeah, just a mixture of all those. Like, now, did yeah. all the club? Now, Corey, this is interesting. Uh, this is something that we've seen on the high school side here. Chris, did the did the LSA kids all you know hang out together, and the Rovers kids all hang out together, or did was that were those? boundaries crossed and everybody it was more of a melting pot honestly i can't really remember anything okay. like that uh, okay it's fascinating Corey. i brought that up because when i was a, an assistant coach at north oldham way back in 2007 we had a lot of talent on our team right and one of the issues that we had though was we we had chemistry issues and before practices you'd see you'd see groups of kids do you know not the whole team doing a rondo or you know or whatever it's called but you'd have different groups of players doing rondos right and it'd be the it looked like a prison yard so over here you'd have the united kids over here you'd have the mockingbird kids over here you'd have the um the uh thoroughbreds kids and so on and so on and so it almost looked like a prison yard with all the different gangs and everything and i've always wondered you know talking about the club scene here in louisville you know and how it translates over to to the high school side i've always wondered if it was that way at other schools as well so i don't know i just I, I, it was fascinating you know it's me interesting and chris brought like, this up just a little bit ago with that with that tournament that 4v4 we're really trying to to, to branch out of one of the things we're doing with uh Javanon and Chivas United um, is they Javanon has that MLS Next platform, which is the highest league in in the country. I mean, that's for ages U thirteen and fourteen. That's that's the highest league you can play in the country. They need help, and uh, obviously, you can't compete with just their kids. They need the best kids in Louisville to play. So we've sat through multiple uh, uh, webinars and trying to figure out how we could make this. Uh, come together where for, for at least that age, you 13 and 14, we are bringing in the best kids. So, and you can't start focusing on them when they get 13 and 14. It's now, so we're our 2010s or 2009s. We, we did a cross training with them. Um, and the idea of it, it was just funny what you just talked about when they got there, it was at Mockingbird last uh, Sunday. Everyone went to, if you, we went to the Javanon kids, went to a certain area, the Mockingbird kids went to a certain area, the Chivas kids, and I, we got in right away. Said, guys, when you step in here, we're all the same here. We need to start getting to know each other. You need to get out here. And, and, and for the whole rest of the session, by the end of the session, my son, who was in that group, said, Dad, I made a, a great friend of Javanon. And I think it just uh, you, you'd be amazed what kids can do when they come together and uh, for the right reasons. So, right, right. Well, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, so, what's it like been like running? What's it been like running the, the the facility and just I guess the whole club as a, as a, as a, as a whole uh, through this pandemic since last March? Jay, that's uh, this is probably been the most challenging. <laughs> we could go on and on with this, but this has been probably the most challenging uh, year of my oh, life. Um, like I said, it's sixty hour weeks. It's it's uh, yeah. It, the challenges of it are trying to do this where we have a facility that obviously is a sixty thousand square foot facility that. You still have to pay the mortgage, which is uh, quite steep, as you can imagine. Right. Not getting any financial support from the governor or state, but yet being told to shut down is, is very difficult. So we've had to figure out ways to now, when we are able to run, how we can do this safely and how we can uh, still pay the bills. Obviously, uh, the, the easiest answer is, well, it's just 
put only you know x amount of kids out there at a certain time and then limit the amount of people in there which we are trying to do but you still to run a business like this that's this uh size you, you still have to uh you have to have it through volume at times so we uh decided that you know we, we were following the governor it wasn't uh it's a mandate now that all exercise facilities, YMCA's, gyms, you, you have to wear a mask to train in. So we've got high school right. game teams right now. Uh, some of the, uh, Chris's former Butler, the Butler team, they're playing that. We're, we're playing games Saturday night. The kids are wearing a mask. Um, and I think that's the most difficult part of this is uh, trying to do this safely, but also pay the bills and listen to the political nonsense from people that uh, want to tell you why or why we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. Uh, our, our main objective is uh, saying to people, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Let's take what we got and, and be happy with it and run with it. So what we do have is we're playing in a mask and we're doing it safely. And it's either that or be uh, yeah, possibly, uh, you know, be in trouble. So. Right. Right. So like last, Chris, what, what was the date last year that everything was yep. March 13th? Was, wasn't that the date? Okay. So, yeah. So March 13th last year, Corey, you see, we see everything shutting down and everything. Was there kind of like a deer in the headlights look for you? Like, oh, crap. Um, uh, any, what, can you think back to what your thoughts were that day as far as like, man, I don't know what to do. We don't know. Obviously, I think we all didn't know. We thought this might at the time. I think anybody uh that uh, says they knew it was going to be this long is, is, is lying. But uh, I think everybody uh, kind of yeah. thought, ah, we'll be back to this. So I think the telling point was when it got to our April Louisville Cup tournament, which is the longest running tournament in Kentucky. And uh, when that had to get canceled, right. that was that was an eye-opener uh, time when you thought, uh-oh, now, now we're in trouble. And now the spring season's in jeopardy, um, which obviously didn't happen. Um, but we've learned – so much more about about this virus um, and how it can be treated and handled, and and we didn't have that knowledge back then. So it's uh, something that I've had to educate myself on every day. Um, but trying to, to to lead the charge, but do it safely, is a is a tough task. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, you've been working hard. I mean, I'm coming up on a year now with the club. I think it would be a year, <laughs> already a freaking year next month. And uh, I don't yeah. think I've seen you sitting down uh-huh. once. So, <laughs> so there you go. Okay, so um, Corey, what what can more clubs do, especially Mockingbird? You know, I feel like I feel like, um, and I've told you, and I've told I have these conversations with a lot of different coaches up at the club. I feel like there's still some t- uh, some stones here in Louisville that haven't been turned over yet, as far as finding talent goes. Are, are there any plans in place? Uh, what what can what can the club do more of to get to get more kids access to club soccer? That's that's everybody kind of knows the answer to that, Jay and Chris. I think the the answer to that is, and what's unfortunate about this country, it's it's it uh, is a, it's a money situation. And while we um, right. that there are untapped areas that uh, your area the, that you're in, I wish we could get uh, that area tapped in more. Here, here's the issue with that right now. And I know, and I'm not going to say the club, but you've, we've, we talked to them earlier is promoting a town that nobody's, anybody yeah. wants to play. They we're, we're not going to turn anybody away. Mm-hmm. Last year, we gave out a 
over forty thousand dollars in scholarships. Every club in town gives scholarships, so I think to, I think that should be right now. We're giving out as much as we can um, during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Pretty uh, number. you know. So yeah. I think we're we're doing what we can to 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 allow kids to play, and it's not just us. The other clubs there. So I don't. I think it needs to be important that everybody understands that it's not just one club that's trying to to say we're not going to let you play regardless of the. Being able to pay. The second thing right. on that, though, is Jay that to get to those areas and to get those kids, and you you know, it's difficult to get uh, get those kids to where their trainings are to get them. A couple of Chris's right. players that are playing with us now that are on our 2003 team, phenomenal players. But it's 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 getting them to practice. You almost have to have somebody that can help. We have other teammates that help. We have other parents that help. Um, the financial piece of it is something we'll we'll try to take care of, but at the end of the day, uh, there's still other things that have to happen with mm-hmm. this as far as bills to be paid with our club. But one thing, as far as finding it, the financial right. piece is there, and then secondly is the transportation areas. It'd be one thing if you're training in those areas, but a lot of those areas don't have places to train, so um, that's that's a difficult uh, factor as well. Something to think about here, and uh, Chris, uh, Chris will get all up in this conversation. If the turf fields happen in JCPS over the next five to ten years, uh, do you think uh, do you think the club scene will be able to benefit from that more? So, in other words, what I'm saying is, if Fairdale or Central had you know developed a turf field, would Mockingbird be in position to go to one of those schools and say, hey, or ask those coaches, hey, what do y'all think about us training here? And, you know, therefore giving kids in that area uh, some, ki- some kind of access. What exactly. about Chris? That? Yeah, well, Chris, I mean, I mean, oh. Chris or Corey, I mean. It, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. I think that's, you know, that's good to be a good recruiting platform as well. And also, I mean, just to give back to that community and maybe the kids itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, I don't know. So, Corey, basically, what the way I'm looking at it is, if let's say Fairdale got turf in the next, uh, you know, I had this idea a couple of weeks ago about uh, with my step to the ball training, hosting an ID camp one of these days, right? And thought, you know, I was like, okay, I got to have a facility, got to have a turf field at least, or some kind of, you know, some kind of good playing surface. And I thought, well, if Fairdale had one, I could go there and ask them if they'd let me use it and give, you know, whatever money, whatever money is made, give them, uh, give them a piece of it. Do you think Mockingbird could do the same thing potentially with one of those schools and that gets a turf field and say, Hey, you know, we, we'd like to train here and, you know, give your kids in your area and act, you know, some kind of access to play club soccer. Could you, I guess, could you see you could, but not during also. a pandemic. Um, we, yeah, we, we can't during, no, right no, no, now no. when we lost the sales uh, for, for our training facility, uh, we were on the phone scrambling, calling every uh, turf and the pub JCPS school said, absolutely not, not now. But during the time, yes, I think that that can happen, but it's also going to be a school by school thing. You know, some of these schools, uh, I will tell you, it was interesting when I was coaching in Morristown, uh, that the obviously the order of importance of sports was football number one, football number two, football number three, then maybe basketball, then baseball, then track and field. Soccer was at the bottom of the barrel. So when I was right. all of a sudden supposed to be out on the football field right. uh, or, or for, for training, I don't care if it was during season or off season. The football coach comes out and says, "Son, you you got to get off here. It's it's football time." And uh, and I, it, that's just the way it went. I know a lot of these. Uh, right. schools i think it'll probably be a school by school 
uh, place how many of them are, are invested in, in soccer. And some of them um, are, and some of them, I think you're, you're still going to see that football and uh, is really king and, and won't really give you a lot of uh, field space. So. Right. I, uh, yeah. I, I should have prefaced it. I think this is something that's five years down the road from now. I don't, I don't think anticipate, um, you know, supposedly there's a plan in place for, for a diff, two different JCPS schools over the next 10 years, each year for the next 10 years to get a turf field. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> the pandemic may have changed that. So pandemic may have changed that. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple last questions for you and I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you'll have an answer for this or not. What happened to the Louisville Lightning? I'm out of the loop on things. Do you do you know what happened to the Louisville Lightning? I do. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, okay. Well, to make a long yeah, story yeah, short, it was. I mean, and, and yeah. I don't know if Chris or you guys ever went to any of those games. They're they're phenomenal. I mean, they were. Fun. Okay. So, and I can't have the exact okay. years, but uh, our far, former owner who passed away, Wayne Stopanov, uh, he was highly involved in that right. and. A way of the, the the way a lot of those kind of things go is uh, it, it just eventually was not paying the bills, and as a matter of fact, it was uh, losing. I think uh, Wayne, uh, but he it wasn't about the money with him. But it was it was more of a thing where it can only sustain itself for so long with paying players, facilities, and all that. It just eventually fell out. Now those were great times, and we've actually thought about trying to bring that back, but do it a little bit different way. I know there is a couple. There are a couple that have popped up here in town. I don't know if you've seen that uh, one of them that's going to be playing some games out of our facility. It's not going to be, I think it's called Metro Louisville. Yeah. Um, so some of those places yeah. are popping yeah. up, um, but it, it's, it really for those type of levels like that need to be people that are phenomenal soccer players, but are doing it for the love of the game. And, uh, and the, I think the important part is with those, obviously there are, financial restraints to a lot of those things that that usually last and then they they fall on their face but uh yeah i'm glad to see people trying it though that's good that's good i have a funny story i actually tried out for the lightning uh when they uh i think it was 2009 and i um i i had a feeling i wasn't gonna make it then when i got there and everybody (laughs) was like brazilian or european and you know, six foot something. I was like, there's no chance. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go out and put up my best effort. But, um, so I was, that's when I was down at Franklin Simpson and I was like, you know, a little over a year into that job and I was absolutely miserable. I was like, I'm going to go try out for this. I'm going to go try out for this indoor team. If I mean, it means I got to leave my teaching career, my paid salary behind my benefits, all this stuff. I'm going to go try out for the Louisville lightning, a professional, semi-professional indoor team. I don't care. And, um, that's just where I was at in my career at that time. And I went out, went and tried out. Um, might have been out too late the night before. At that time, I think I was about 25. So I might have been out too late the night before. It wouldn't have mattered. But um, I always joked that uh, I was – I always joked that I was still a member of the team. I had made the team because I never got an email saying I, w- I didn't make the cut or anything. So I just had to assume, well, I guess I made the team. I got invited to the huddle at the end of the practice. So uh, I guess I made the team. So I always joked that with everybody that, yeah, I'm on the team. I'm still waiting for them to call and tell me yeah, practices. But they go. never told me I didn't make it. So <laughs> – <laughs> so uh anyway so i gotta tell you and i gotta bring this up um uh the, the, chris the mockingbird office right it's uh-huh. in an it's in an old house okay it's attached to the facility if you're familiar with that chris have you been over there at all 
Uh, I don't believe I have. I, okay. I've driven by it before. Maybe if it... It's an old house, and you go inside, and it's it, especially when you go down in the basement, or just if you're in there by yourself. Corey's Corey can probably speak to this. Corey, do you yeah, have any uh, ghost stories from that freaking house? It looks t- it looks terrifying once you go in, and if you're in there by yourself walking around, it's even spooky. Uh, do you I have any stories? Share plenty of stories. <laughs> it's it's one of those places you. I don't. <laughs> I don't uh, hesitate to stay. You know, most of tonight we've got games going on there. We'll finish at eleven o'clock tonight. Actually, no, we finish at midnight tonight. So we have games that go through throughout the evening, and a lot of the times I have to do go to my office and uh, kind of go shut down the computer and stuff. But that uh, that basement is something else, and uh, that's a, it's a very old house. And, and sometimes when you're crossing the uh, walkway, uh, I'll look in that basement and you'll see movements and i think whoa do i even want to go down there and even see what's going down there and a couple times i've gone down there and obviously there's nothing but you 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 start second guessing yourself when you when you see that kind of stuff and then also when you're sitting in the office and you hear a clank upstairs uh you know one day i was got a call from uh the police at a, a christmas eve two years ago that uh, the alarms going off upstairs in the, in the house. And I thought, Holy cow, this isn't, this isn't good. So I get there and I'm, my wife said, you sure you don't want the police to, to, to come in? I was like, ah, oh, no, it's probably a rat or a, you know, a bat got in the house or something. But uh, I got in there and the, the upstairs window is flung wide open. It's snowing, it's blowing in. And I immediately, my heart sinks and says, you know, I'm not the only one here right now. <laughs> and, uh, I went and opened every door. Oh my God. And, and it, I think it just, the wind blew it open, but then they caused the motion to set it off. But I thought, you know what, that's something that next time I think I will take the police up on helping me go in on that. But so, yes, I'm, uh, that house is not a, uh, it's, it's a friendly place during the day, but at night, uh, it's, it's, it can be a little bit, uh, spooky. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No thanks on that. Whew, yeah. So anyway, well, Corey, uh, man, I'm having a blast at Mockingbird. I'm, um, it's it's been the right move for me. I'm excited to be there. Uh, you and Mike and Laura and Tessa. Just it's always awesome going into that office and either shooting the breeze, picking up a paycheck, or talking about kids. Whatever it is, it's um, it's a good day there. And um, so I'm, uh, we, I think we've got things rolling. We got to get through this pandemic, and once we do that, I think I think you we do. Got some and I, and once ahead, again, so I want to thank you, Jay, for for believing yeah. in us and being part. You're, you're a big part of where we are today and what we want our club to be. And uh, you know, down the line, like I talked about, with that grit and that drive that you've got, they're, they're, the sky's the limit for our club. With, with, with for your in for yourself too, with your step to the ball and everything you're doing. I think it's. Uh, you've got what a lot of people don't have and it's a special, special gift. So I thank you for being a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we're going to go ahead and let you go. Uh, Chris and I are going to make a couple. All right, guys. Thanks for everything, Chris. Good luck with Spalding and and Jay. We'll see you on the pitch tomorrow. No, when are you there again? Sunday? Saturday. Yep. Okay. I'll I'll see you. All right. Thanks guys. Yep. Take care. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. That was Corey Johnson, executive director of at Mockingbird. Uh, Chris, what'd you think? Oh, great guy. I really enjoyed that. It's always nice to, you know, hear someone with a different perspective of things. I'm sure people will probably get tired of hearing us. <laughs> Hopefully not, but uh, no, it was great. Good hearing okay. someone else. 
Okay, so uh, well, uh, we got probably got we can go about another seven minutes, six seven minutes or so. Chris, yes, sure. You got anything? Do you want to get? Do you want to get your frustration from tonight's meeting off your chest? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, I guess it would only be fair if I did. You know, yeah, speak speak now and then and then be done. Yeah, with it. it's on. just you know I I don't know what what we're teaching people. Um, I just think we need to consider science and consider facts. Um before anything else, before we consider trophies or just going with the, the, the status quo, I guess, and just continuing with traditions just because we do it every year. So, uh, right. I don't know. I don't know what else much more to say. I just, hopefully everything goes well, but you know, I, th- I just think that we need to just consider science and evidence more than just what we want to continue yep. on with. So you're right. All right. <laughs> If there's a way to get, if there's a way to make it happen and keep the kids safe and the coaches, uh, I'm all for them trying. So I'm, I'm hoping that they have a plan in place that can guarantee safety um, for for the kids and the coaches. Um, uh, you know, again, we're going to keep going through this cycle. You know, now the vaccinations may work, and this may all be a moot point in six months. You know, um, but we're going to keep going through this cycle, folks. If we you know, until we're all willing to sacrifice. Um, no sports season this year needed to be a full season. Right. It really didn't. There didn't need to be there didn't need to be eleven or twelve football games in the regular season. There didn't need to be twenty one soccer games. There didn't need to be um there didn't there you know there doesn't need there doesn't need to be twenty five basketball games. You know, and whatever other sports. You know, volleyball, same deal. I mean every sport needed to be cut short this year. And and additionally, attendance needs to be limited. So I'm hoping with basketball that they allow like one parent in or one household member in to watch the yeah, game. I believe it's 50 yeah. percent capacity. See, I still I, that's the part. Uh, you know, I want but, the kids to be able who, to play. Who's going to track that though? I mean, the, well, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. There's just I don't know. There's a lot of problems with this. If it was up to me, we wouldn't have anything. So, well. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad for the kids and the coaches. I'm glad they're able to. They're getting to play. Um, um, my frustration is over the attendance. I think. I know. Hey, athletic department's got to make money. I get it. Um, but we got to sacrifice somehow. And um, um, you know, there's just there's got to be some more sacrifice. People have to be more willing to sacrifice than they have been. Yeah, and uh, just- we're 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 still. <laughs> You know, everybody keeps talking about, hey, we got to get the per- uh, vaccine participation high. And I'm like, dude, we can't get the mask participation yeah. to be high, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, it's – yeah. So, anyway, well, my my advice to you is to uh, – now that you've said your piece – Let's move on. Let's uh, and uh, you know and you know give give basketball some coverage uh, when it starts up and you do that well and yeah. focus on what uh, you focus on what you do well. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and I don't know who else going to listen to this, but uh, I, you know, plan to start you know athletic responding or starting here soon. So that'll right. give me some writing pieces. Um, we have a game mm-hmm. next week at Bellerin Soccer does, uh, mm-hmm. so that'd be that'd be interesting to see. COVID permitted, of course. Let's hope nobody you know. Get the call between now and right. Saturday. So, right, right. I bet you're excited about that, though. Yeah, yeah. It's you know outdoors. It it's. I think it'd definitely be a whole lot safer than a gym basketball. What 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 time is? And that's a game, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. What time? What time is four o'clock? Four o'clock. Saturday, yeah. Okay. Are they having? Are they letting fans in? I'm not sure, just yet. Okay. Find find out for. And where's the game at? Is it gonna be at Spalding or Bellarmine? Bellarmine. It's at Bellarmine. It's not far from my house. No. Um. Let me know if they're letting fans in. I might be able to pull that one off. We'll see. Um. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um. Let's see. We've got other soccer developments. Uh, Amina Ekic. Oh, great. Um, that's just that's fantastic. I, I saw that and I was just thinking, you know, what an inspiration, you know, right for women and just soccer athletes in general. Um, maybe even for you know any athlete. I mean, I don't. This is a. I don't think people realize how important this is, and you know what a big honor it is for her to be staying here in the city and playing for you know a professional team and racing Louisville and. Uh, I, I did see today they announced something. They're holding like an international cup. Um, they'll mm-hmm. be bringing in like teams that play in like the Champions League and things like that. So I'm just I'm amazed by what Racing Louisville has planned already. It hasn't even got started. You know what was awesome? I was driving by the stadium uh, last week at the or over the weekend, and uh, they had her picture up on the on the jumbotron. Yeah, and said Amina's uh, Amina's Louisville, and I just thought. That is awesome. So I'm um, really excited for that family. I know that family pretty well. Um, um, and, you know, they're fantastic people. Um, little brother's not a bad player himself either. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's on my so, list for uh, 2021. He'll be a senior this year, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, he's, he's definitely on my – he'll be on my top uh, player list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he'll have a shot at being player of the year in sixth region next year if they have, yeah, well, if we yeah. uh, do we do our awards yeah he'll have a shot um uh, let's see so that that was uh that's exciting to see uh Chris we're about to make some gains we step to the ball man um uh, Prime is on the bookshelves at, as of today Prime is on the bookshelves at Carmichael's bookstore. As of today, on Frankfurt at on Frankfurt Avenue and Bardstown Road, folks. If you haven't read it yet, don't go to Amazon to buy it. Well, you can if you want. Yeah, no what? Feel free to buy. Fun it, to go out to the Highlands. Go to Carmichael's and buy that book. So you won't be disappointed. Local author. Um, so uh, Carmichael's was excited to bring it in. They said, "Yeah, we need more soccer books." You know, so there you go. So it was a. It was a good today. Was a historic day. Yeah, just think. I mean, so. Jim Ross's book is probably in there too. So you're. I didn't see Jim oh, really? Ross's book actually. I, yeah, uh, I did not see his. I, they had a handful of wrestling books in there though. They had uh, Andres and um, uh, Roddy Piper's and. Yeah, I'm probably in such a good mood because I didn't watch Raw last night. That's, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a good mood because I didn't watch U of L or oh, Raw. Oh God. <laughs> so I saved myself. I saved my blood pressure some. Uh, some drama, you know? right? So, um, we've got the brochures, coaches. Be on, if you're listening, uh, be on the lookout for a brochure headed your way about uh, my team camps for the summer. Those are going to be, um, I'm going to be pushing those here over the next couple weeks. So, be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited about this possibility. I know summer seems like far away. There's a lot of what ifs and everything to look out for. My advice to everyone is to make is to have a plan in place. And if you got a chance and have a plan B, have a plan C, you know, take this time to develop your plan A, your plan B and your plan C. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, there's room for, uh, 
uh, you know, step to the ball soccer training to come and do a team camp with your kids. And Chris, I was thinking about this the other day, right? And I thought this was a cool idea. If I'm a coach right now and I've got a, and I know I've got 60 kids trying out, right? But I only want 40 on my roster. And you have a good idea what 20 kids you're probably going to cut. If it were me, and now this is for a program that, you know, has a lot of money, but if it were me as a program, I would bring, I would bring somebody like me in to come in and work with these kids that are still developing players. They don't know if they're going to make the tryouts or not. And then that way, number one, the program can say, well, we did what we could to take care of, you know, to get these kids prepared. And number two, um, you know, you might be able to build some depth and, you know, 10 out of those 20 could end up making the team after all. And you've got 50 kids instead of 40. So something to think about. Um, Definitely. So uh, uh, I'm excited about the possibilities for this summer. So I think, uh, I think we're going to see some, we're, I think we're going to see some movement on it with step to the ball. So, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, you know, that that's wonderful. Hopefully everything will work out well and see, see what happens. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, do you have anything you want to add to tonight? No, other than uh, you know what what we have going on next week. Yeah, we're talking fundraising next week. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to talk fundraising next week. How can you fundraise for your program or your high school program or your club program? So we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Um, it should be a fun conversation. Um, there's always good fundraising stories. There's always good fundraising ideas that coaches are going to want to listen to. And with this being the off season, um, this is the time where coaches plan their fundraiser. Right. So um, I'm anxious to see what that um, – I'm anxious to have that conversation. Yeah. Got, a lot of, got a lot of experience One of my there. favorite fundraisers is always the, the uh, world famous, the chocolate bars, America's finest, Harvest Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, okay, so who do you know that sold those? Uh, my cousin sold them for her dance team before. And those chocolate bars are no joke. Yeah, they They're are. My, good. It's a funny story. My brother once he uh, he bought a whole case of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're like a dollar right. a piece. I don't know how many that comes in the box, but he paid right. I, know, I guess forty dollars or however for the whole case. I thought that was hilarious. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, did he eat them all? Or he, he shared share a few. My, my brother has a sweet tooth. Okay. I, I do as well. So. There was a waffle crisp one, I think, that was in there. That was always pretty good. So, uh, we sold those when I was in uh, when I was in grade school in the Catholic school. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, it's yeah, simple, um, and it's delicious too. The candy bars. So. Yeah, I may or may not have had a couple that I, that weren't paid for, <laughs> but whatever. You know. I think we all. Um, have. So yeah, we'll talk about the different types of fundraisers my team my teams have done in the past. We'll talk about. Um, common mistakes that coaches make with the, with fundraising. Um, and I've made, I've, I've made small mistakes, but nonetheless, you know, things that I'm like, why didn't I do that? Um, so we'll get into all that. Um, and we'll also talk about why fundraising can be a huge pain in the butt. So it's, um, not the most glamorous side of the coaching, but it's also probably Chris, the most necessary side. If you want to oh, build definitely, a program. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see, uh, to have that conversation next week. So, all right, man. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and go to bed cause I'm exhausted and, um, um, 
I'm assuming you've got homework to do or something like that, or there's something on the network you're going to watch. Yeah. So hit the the um, bed as well. (laughs) So, all right. Well, good job tonight, Chris. And uh, we'll see you all next week.